Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. I hope you're ready to learn something because I know I am. And, and I, can I just be honest and real? I struggle with that a little bit, but I just want to be honest, raw, and real. If you're okay with that, say yeah. yeah. I want to share with you what I believe. Look, let me Actually, let me just take you into, if you will, the living room of my home about uh, six, seven weeks ago with my adult kids. Um, my youngest being 18, my oldest being 26. And with my adult kids, this is the question. It, it wasn't exactly how it was framed or phrased, but I just want to put it in a way that I think we can um, have some good homiletics. And uh, homiletics is just a big word to sound like I know what I'm talking about. But, uh, but basically, I, I want to put it in a frame to help you because I really think this is um, at a critical mass moment in our culture and basically, this is what my kids were asking me. How, dad, can I hear God's voice? Okay, we've got all these things, a smattering, a myriad, a plethora of everything coming at us, right? If you agree with that, no matter what it is, social media, just if you agree with that, say yeah. I mean, it's coming at us everywhere. And we don't, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like a lot of people don't even know if we can trust it. Can we trust it? Can we not? And I'm not talking about the media. I'm talking about the word of God. Now, we know we should trust it. We know that it is truth. We know that it is inspired by God. That's where you're supposed to be going, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, God. That's where you're supposed to say, it is inspired by God. Yeah, okay, yeah. We know that, but there's moments in our life where like, is this God or not? So my kids were asking that, so I just answered it for them. And in doing so, my eldest said, would you write that down? And I thought, I sure will. And in doing so, I want to share it with you. Because I don't know about you. It doesn't matter. Pick a topic. Pick a topic that you want to know if God's speaking or not. And I believe this categorically frames it in so you can succeed. Because ultimately, we need to know what God says. Because I can't live my life on a maybe, on a feeling, or what I think. I need resolve. I need roots. I need truth. And so do you. Especially in a culture that is dodging truth. And I'm not just going to say the culture outside of these walls. At least for the last two years, monthly, I have had the opportunity, whether I like it or not, to help people through situations where pastors are leaving truth. I, I mean, my daughter last month texted me uh, basically an Insta story about a fallen pastor and, and it was a moral deal, this, that, the other. And my eldest, this is what my eldest daughter sent me, a screenshot of it. And here's what she said, dad, thank you for never putting our family through this. That, that may be one of the most powerful messages I ever received. But what we do is we diss truth to make wrong decision. 
And every decision you make is affecting the outcome of your life. If you believe that, say amen. I'm going to say it again. Every decision you make affects the outcome. For instance, let's just say we're at Walmart. Everything I put in my buggy that I have properly disinfected (laughs) is going to affect the outcome of my wallet. I mean, isn't it? Right? You don't go up there and go, that's stupid. Why'd they charge me for that? It's the same way scripturally. So we need to know how God speaks to us. I always wondered, how did Noah know? I mean, how did he know? I mean, if you just break down the ark, which every time I think about it, it just gets me, I mean, it just fires me up. You're talking about something that's 300 cubits in length. It's 150-ish yards. I mean, a cubit, if I've got it all right, is somewhere in 17 and a half inches or so. Basically, they would measure from the end of their fingers to their elbows, basically, would be a cubit. That's how they would measure. So you've got 300 cubits. You've got this massive, massive structure. I mean, it has about a 1.5 million cubic feet in it. You could get 400 different species of animals in it. Most of them, obviously, at their younger age. You get all this directive to the point of even what type of wood. And if you're old school King James, you're going gopher wood, right? You remember that? Oh, yeah, against the King James up in here. I'm 48. And I'm going more KJV than ever. Something ain't right with me. Actually, the reason I, I, send, I always go back there is because that's where I memorized the majority of my scripture was King James. So you're looking at, you know, 125,000 animals. I got directed for this. Here's the big part to me. It had never rained. There's no agua. And he says, I hear you, Lord. Yes. Now, let's just put something on a small scale. Would you do it? Let's put it in a scale where he's already told you, for instance, go into all the world and share the gospel. He told you to do that. Did he not? As a Christ follower, is that our message to share the gospel? Yes or no? Is it our message to share the gospel and our calling? Yes or no? You don't even have to pray about it. People are like, man, I'm going to pray whether or not I should share with them. You don't have to pray about that. Man, I'm just going to pray about sharing my faith. No, you've already been told to. So you don't have to pray about it. Why are we waiting? Well, because we're just not obeying. You don't need any you know, specific direction. He heard clearly. So if you look at 2,000 animals, 400 different species at the National Zoo in Washington, D.C., I mean, basically, you could put about 40 to 60 national zoos on Noah's Ark, and he got it all specifically instructed. Took 100, 100, 120 years. You can wrestle with that if you want. And then he says, now I'm going to send the rain. When? After you build it. What would you have to hear from God to do what he says? What would you have to hear? When it comes, specifically, we're saying the gospel. You know you should. Now, don't answer out loud and don't, don't tell anybody, don't elbow anybody. But when's the last time you have purposefully shared the gospel with someone you know and love that needed to hear it? I, I surveyed our church and we pastor in small communities and small uh, congregations. And, and this is 
what I realized is that nine out of 10 of our church members had never shared their faith in their entire lives. And I bet it'd be similar here. Oh, I told somebody I loved them. I mean, we're all about buying people Thanksgiving meals, which I'm for. We just fed hundreds and hundreds of people yesterday. Excuse me, Friday. Thanksgiving. Uh, actually, it's a bag of groceries that lasts a week. We're all about that. This, uh, I mean, when's the last time you did exactly what you know you heard God say? So not only do we need to understand how to hear him, what he's already told us should be happening if you really want to hear him. Let me say it again. If you really want to hear what God says, you should already be doing what you already know what to. And this is why I tell my kids, do what you're told until you hear something else. So here's just some, what are some things that God has told us to do that are irrefutable? We've heard it. We know it. The word of God said it. Matter of fact, if they're Corona free, just lean over to your neighbor and share one thing, you know, God has told us to do as Christ followers. And if you want to use my answer, share the gospel, beat your neighbor to it on your mark, get set, go share with them real quick. One thing. Okay. Let me give you one, for instance. I have people all the time saying, well, you don't have to go to a church building to go to church. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible clearly states that we should go to church in a church building or in the sense of a gathering, an assembly. Hebrews chapter 10 teaches that in verse 25. And not only that, it says, do not forsake it. What's another thing that God's word says? You don't have to even pray about love your wife as Christ loved the church. Bring the tithe. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to wrestle with it. Some people do. Some people are like, well, the New Testament doesn't teach that. That isn't true. The New Testament does teach that. And whoever told you that is lying. Matter of fact, the, the New Testament goes next level and says this, sell everything you have and give it to the church. We're getting to that 410 roof building in no time. Hallelujah. 410, we're building a new. I'm just saying. We, we, we get into all that. We already know this stuff. If you want to hear God, start with what he already told you. And he's told you this. Read his word. He's told you to read it daily. He's told, right? If you're with me, say yeah. He's told you also to memorize it. Then he's told you next level it, meditate on it. You, you don't have to say, oh man, I wish I knew what God wanted me to do on that. Here, here's another thing God tells you to do. Stay morally pure. Don't have sex outside of marriage. It says don't sleep around with people that aren't your wife. Or your husband. I mean, that's pretty simple, isn't it? God hates divorce. Don't cuss. You're like, really? Yeah, it says that. And it says, don't let any foolish talk come out of your mouth. Here's another one. Don't gossip. You ain't even got to pray about that. You're like, what's well, a prayer request? No, it's not. It's gossip. <laughs> These are the things that move us closer to hearing God, knowing God, because God said and God spoke. And matter of fact, the first time you see him spoke, uh, speaking directive in the word is in verse three. And it says, let there be light. And then you see his voice speaking in so many categories. And I love that. I love in Genesis 3, 8, it says, they heard the voice of the Lord. 
I love the fact that when you look at that, it says they heard the voice of the Lord. And then it says that he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They had connection. God is speaking to you. What they didn't have is his spirit. And if you're a Christ follower, you have his spirit. If you're a Sunday PM, or I'm just assuming wrongly probably that you're a Christ follower. Now let's go to the next level so we don't just become hearers only. But what does the scripture say? But doers, how do you know you heard God? You did it. You did it. You, you haven't heard till you do it. So people are like, oh man, I got to hear. I want, I just wish I knew. Listen, don't expect more instruction till you follow the instruction you've already received. You're like, Shannon, you said that four times. I just want to make sure you heard it. Because I have people all the time. They're like, man, I don't know why. I just, we're struggling financially. My first thing is this, do you tithe? Man, I'm just not getting anywhere financially. We'll start with God's principles of finance. Man, I don't know. My marriage is this. Are you pastoring your home? Man, I'm just struggling when it comes to understanding this. Start with these things so that you can then move to hearing his voice like a gentle whisper, like Elijah or, or like thunder on Mount Sinai. Or even when God goes silent and then John the Baptist comes out because he hears God's voice and he says, I'm the voice in the wilderness. Because he heard God. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. And the word was with God and the word was God. God's a communicator. He wants you to hear him. And the reason he does and it's evident to us is because since the upper room, even when there was different languages given there, even when there was moments that we wanted to hear more, God said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my word so that you can be successful in hearing my voice. And what I realize is this, people that I know and love, I know and love. Matter of fact, my aunt, she has a hearing impediment. What I notice is she also, because she doesn't hear correctly, she doesn't speak correctly. And in no way is that belittling my aunt. It's just the reality of truth. And God is telling you the same way. You not hear, if you can't hear what God's saying, you're not going to be able to speak to others what God's saying clearly. Somebody's clapping. I'll take all the claps I can get on Sunday night. See, you're wondering why you're saying things that aren't true. It's because you're not listening to the truth that God's already given us. Then you say things like, oh, I think it might be all right. Oh, I don't think that's a big of a deal. Oh, I understand. God knows my heart. Oh, he knows my heart. But I think today more than ever, we need to hear God and understand what God is saying. The scripture says, he who has an ear, you know what it says, don't you? That's it. He who has an ear, let him hear. So I want to give you ways that I believe practically can help you hear God, but I don't want you to just be hearers. I want you to move to the next level into doers. And oftentimes the greatest way to hear God is just to listen, to be quiet, to meditate on what you already know. Something I'm learning because I'm a talker and I have natural insecurities where I have to hear myself talk sometimes. So I never shut up. You can talk to my wife about that sometime. But I'm learning that silence and just listening to God, that silence is the difference between sight and insight. And sometimes I just need insight. 
so I could hear what he has to say to take me to the next level. The reason many of us are not experiencing miracles, we're not experiencing clear mission, we're not experiencing momentum from God is because we just aren't listening. And as we start to listen, God moves in your life and then brings great joy. There's a verse in Proverbs chapter eight and verse number 34. And if I didn't give you the previous revelations two seven, he uh, who has an ear, let him hear. Proverbs eight thirty four says this, happy are those who listen to me. How many of you want to be happy? Raise your hand. Listen to God. If God says it, do it. If God says it, do it. How do you and I listen to God? I'm going to give you six or seven things. This, again, this is just me talking to my kids the other night about six weeks ago. Number one is this. If you want to know if God's saying it, number one is this. Does the Bible agree with it? Does it line up with the word of God? I have people... I'm going to use the word weekly. It could be daily, but I'm just going to say weekly that give me their perspective on why they can do something, but the word of God doesn't line up with it. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's not the will of God. They're like, well, I just really feel like I should date him. Well, does he love Jesus? Is he prioritizing vocation? Is he a man of God? No, but I'm going to do all that I can to get him to church. That's not God's will. God does. God's word doesn't teach you to missionary date. It talks about compatibility. The scripture gives directive on that because once you find his will, it means you've found his word. His word is his will. His will never contradicts his word. His will is the, your, is the perfect plan of God. And whether you plan it or not, it's God's plan when you follow his word. So bring a category that you want to discuss. Let's say it's marriage. I just mentioned the dating. Let's say it's financial. I just mentioned tithing. Let's say it's communication. I know this, what God's word says, how we should communicate. That we should have no harsh words come out of our mouth. Matter of fact, the scripture says in Philippians 4, it says this, that we should in no way let harsh words come out of our mouth. And the word harsh there means putrid fish. One translation says, let no unpleasant words come out. It means putrid fish. It means don't let stinky, fishy smells come out of your mouth towards somebody you love. I mean, what, what's another thing you want to know God's word on? And want to know his will on? And want to know if God's speaking it? It will line up with God's word. Don't ever justify. You will always be, and I will always be in the wrong when I say it's God and it doesn't line up with the word of God. Like whether or not you should serve the church. You were giving a gift to serve the local church. Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's a list of them there, up to 16-ish or so, depending on how you view all this. And I know there's gifts that's been given. Some of you have the gift of hospitality and you need to be utilizing it. Some of you have the gift of mercy. Some of you have the gift of encouragement. You need to utilize it. And then the scripture said you should desire all of them and pursue all of them. Why? To build the church. It's been given to build God's church. And I encourage you to follow that so you know how to move forward. People are like, well, I, you know, it's, a, it's family first. The Bible doesn't teach family first. Amen. The Bible teaches God first. Amen. Then the family. Can I just give you a word of wisdom that'll help you? I know it helps me. People are like, man, I just got to have balance in my family. Balance is not the goal. Rhythm is. If you have balance, you're boring. That's what I think. Now that could be a little bit opinionated, 
But I know this, just run with the rhythms, but always keep the priorities in line for your family. It's God first, then your family. It's not family first. That's why church shouldn't be optional. That's why serving God's church shouldn't be optional. This is the hope of the world. This is what God has instituted so that we can grow and impact the world. Hearing from God right now is so important. It has to line up with this word. People ask me, my kids being one of them, ask me, dad, how do I know how to vote? Line it up with the word of God. Now I'm not trying to get political here, but I am saying this, every decision I make has to line up with the word of God. When I went to McDonald's the other day, I ordered, I took the food and didn't pay. I just told him I didn't feel like it. Does anyone believe what I'm saying right now? No. Why? Because I would go to jail or at least I'd get in a lot of trouble. Well, the word of God says thou shalt not steal and lie, which I kind of did, but God forgave me. I, I, it's that simple. Here's another thing. Number two. If you want to know that it's God's decision or not. Number two is this. Does it make me more like Christ? Does this dating relationship, does this financial investment, does this decision on the weekend, does it make me more like Jesus? And the scripture tells us this. Philippians 2 and verse number five. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. Does this decision make me more like Jesus? Should I skip church? Should I leave my wife? Should I steal? Should I encourage my kids to be involved in wrong behavior? Should I put it, fill in the blank? And if you're online with us, fill in the blank. Should I, you know, does it make me more like Jesus? I, and I tell my kids this all the time. Just tell your friends, you can do what they do all day, but I can say no to it. And that's what gives me the power over it. I can choose to cuss. I can choose to drink. I can choose to do all this. I can choose to be addicted, but I'm choosing not to. And that happens because I'm listening to God's voice. And I realize that God's voice has to become the loudest voice in my life. And that's based on me desiring to be more like Christ. And that's not generic. I mean, I think of simple things like for me personally, I, I was talking to pastor just a few minutes ago. I mean, one of the biggest decisions I ever made in my life since the first time I was here. Matter of fact, the first time I ever spoke at this church was with pastor Robert Morris. He opened up for me. And uh, as he opened up for me uh, at a luncheon, I stood up here, but I was almost 50 pounds heavier than I am right now. And, and my wife looked at me and she said, you know what, babe? I think you would enjoy CrossFit, which is Greek for, hey, tubs. Let's, let's, let's go exercise. Does it make me more like Jesus? So I just said, you know what? One of the greatest examples of discipline, don't give me spiritual discipline if I can't discipline myself, if I can't discipline my finances, if I can't discipline, discipline my addictions, Right? Everything is beneficial for, for, for me. No, it doesn't say that. It says this, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. I mean, I have liberty, but I'm not gonna let be mastered by anything. So that's why you have to make those right decisions. How do I hear? Does it make me more like Christ? Number three is this, does my church family confirm it? 
When you're involved in a church, listen, when you want to see healing, when you want to see people pray over you for healing, when you want to go to the next level in your leadership, the scripture says this, go to the elders, go to the church leaders, get prayed for, get, get uh, affirmation for, and that's how you go to the next level. The scripture teaches this all through the scripture. James chapter five being a very specific chapter that'll help you walk through it. It tells us to confess our sins one to another. Here's another scripture that talks about it in Proverbs eleven fourteen. There's a, in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. You need that family around you. That's why it's so important to be a part and do life with people who love Jesus and know the word of God. And if they don't confirm it, and especially those of you that are underneath your parents' leadership and directive in their life, make sure you get their blessing. You'll know God's on it. And God's involved in it. You're like, well, my parents are lost. There's sometimes God can speak through authority that doesn't even know God. He can still give directive. Now, obviously, if it's encouraging you to sin, that's against the first priority we discussed. But make sure your family, your church family can confirm it. Number four, you want to hear God's word? I told my kids this. Is it consistent with how God's created you? You've got to make sure it lines up with the way God's gifted and shaped you. I mean, I have friends all the time that'll ask me, hey, I feel like I'm called to be a senior leader. Do you have those gifts? I'm, you know, I have this desire. Listen, just because it's more money doesn't mean it's God's will. I know a lot of people that went for a job with more money, but now they're miserable. You got to make sure it lines up with your gift set that, and how God shaped you. Romans chapter 12, verse number six. I added these scriptures uh, for my kids later and, and I encourage you to write them down as well. God's given each of us the ability to do certain things well. He's created us, the scripture says, as masterpieces. Make sure that you're wired that way. And also you'll find out that God's directing you toward it. You know why? Because you're excited about it. You're excited about it. You can't wait to preach God's word. You can't wait to inspire people. You can't wait to do whatever it is that God's wired you to do. Is it consistent with how God shaped me? Is this something God has called me to do? You'll know because what you're called to do knows you. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And let me just say this. I know I keep going back to the single point, but I just think this is so important. People are like, oh, they'll change. They'll change. You know, they'll change when I, they don't change. They don't change. It just gets worse. It just gets worse. And I'll even say that you got to make sure that you're willing to marry the entire family as well. Because they don't change either. They just get weirder. I just helped somebody right there. I have a, I have a requirement. I have four marriage mentoring sessions before I'll marry anybody. I mean, I take it really serious. I don't just marry anybody. And then the last one is you're, you have to meet with your parents and they have to bless the marriage and then you have to bless them. I mean, the leave and cleave moment. I call it leave them and cleave to the right cleavage. I mean, get out of your mama's cleavage. And get in your wife's cleavage. Leave and cleave. That's li literally what it means. What's amazing is how many men stay in their mom's cleavage hoping she'll pay their credit card off later and their marriage gets weird. You know it's true. But you've got to make sure that it's consistent with how God shaped me. Number five is this. How, how to hear God's voice. Does it concern my responsibility? 
John 21, 22, I love this passage. Read it in context completely. If you want him to remain alive until I return, what's that to you? In other words, he's talking about his family. They want to bury. He said, here's the thing. Just follow me. Stay focused on the right things here. And here's the thing. So many of us think God wants us a part of stuff that it doesn't even affect you. And it's not even a part of your life. Get out of the weeds. I guarantee you, most people think God wants them involved in stuff that they stuck their nose in. Back out. Ask yourself, did God even want me in here? Should I even be messing with this stuff? Should I even be on this Instagram comment feed right now? Should I even be in this Twitter feed right now trying to stir junk up? Should I even be on this Facebook page in this group talking about blah, blah, and blah? Oftentimes you can hear God by never trying to do things that are outside of your responsibility. You aren't hearing from God concerning someone else's sin. Back out of it. You aren't hearing from God where you aren't leading in your own life. Don't try to give people wisdom about something you're not doing in your own life. You're like, oh, let me tell you how to get out of debt. If you haven't done it, don't talk on it. Now, you maybe have a goal toward it, then you can share your successes there. But don't get into a bunch of business, especially, let me just throw this out there because it's going to help somebody, especially when it comes to politics and you're not a politician. Don't, don't get involved in stuff where he's like, oh, I'm going to make us, you got to stand up for truth. Don't misunderstand me. But there's a lot of things that you can back out of by just simply sharing love, being encouraging, take that off your responsibility, lead in the areas of your own life you've got to make changes in, then you'll go to the next level. And I would just say this, the hardest person to lead on planet earth is yourself. It's the hardest person to lead. So if it's not your responsibility, don't do it. Let me give you another way. I believe that God will assist you and help you and help me to hear. Is it conviction or condemnation? Is it conviction or condemnation? You know what Romans 8 and verse number one says? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you've asked forgiveness, you've repented of it, you've turned from it. Repentance means I'm not continuing to go down that road. I've changed direction. If you're with me, say yeah. Okay, so, but if you're convicted about it, then that means there's some changes. The spirit of God's working in your life. It's not condemnation. It's not shame, but it is, it's conviction. Then you need to make those changes. That's God's word and God speaking to you. And if you're convicted about it, listen, don't put it on everybody else. I was joking with Jake on the way back from the airport last night because I have all these millennial buddies that, that opt out of social media. Now, I'm not saying Jake ever did that. Yeah, he did. But still, let's just say somebody, you know, and I'll have buddies of mine. It's like, man, I'm just taking a break. I'll see y'all later. I'm going over out. Peace, yo, dog. You know, I'm out. I just got to take a break. I just got to. And then all of a sudden, what they're basically saying, I'm not saying Jake did this, but I'm saying that it's like, I want to make you feel guilty because you're still the sinner on social media. I don't need your conviction. Thank you. What they usually do is get on their wives and then they creep the rest of the time anyway, or their husbands or whatever. You know, it's true. You're laughing because they're like, that's me. <laughs> fast my patootie. You didn't fast. You went fast over to their account. But I'm just saying, whatever it is, don't put it on me. 
I, I don't I got plenty of things that I'm convicted about. And don't put your convictions on somebody else. Here's how you change the world. Live them. Live them. I don't want to hear your passionate. I said this morning about the Ten Commandments. Quote them to me. Quote them to me. And recognize that the first five go up and they're praised and directed toward God. The next five are working on you on the inside. They're powerful. Learn them for ourselves. And when you know that, you're not trying to condemn someone else. You're not trying to tell someone else not to eat white bread. You're not trying to make everybody else eat kale. I'm not eating kale. I don't want to know about your kale diet. I don't give a kale about your kale diet. I don't want to know whether or not you're eating white bread. I like eating chickens that have a lot of hormones. Okay, I like it. I like McDonald's. I know you act like you're just getting money out of the ATM there, but I eat there. Isn't that funny? Don't put your conviction on me. Live your conviction. I am motivated when people live by conviction. That's how you know it's God. Why? Because you're living it. I said it in point number one. I said it before point number one. Live that conviction. Conviction will guide you. Condemnation will guilt you. And once you get passionate about it, it changes the world. Maybe David could hear me if he's around and just hit play on this keyboard over here. And, uh, and let me give you one more. Because here's the thing. Here, here's why this is so important. The world is desperate for us as God's community of followers, as Christians, he, they're desperate to see us live according to the word of God and what God says. They're tired of being confused. They're tired of all this ebb and flow. You and I need to hear from him how to lead our homes, how to lead with passion, how to inspire purity, how to opt, how to make sure that you're passionate concerning whether it's social justice or is it the word of God and his justice? You got to make sure. And then the lost community will see what conviction is instead of condemnation. They'll see the love of God. Conviction brings about passion and faith, not discouragement. And, and here's the last one. Do I sense God's peace about it? Do I sense God's peace about it? There, there are times in my relationship with my wife where she doesn't have to say anything. I know exactly what she's saying. Who knows what I'm talking about, married folk? You know what I'm saying? Good, bad, or ugly. How I many you know? Raise your hand. Keep it up. You know, you know when they're saying something without saying. Like you say this, for instance, you say, hey, what do you think about us getting a... And she or he doesn't have to say one word. You already know it's a yes. Of course it is. Bass boat, get it. Another gun. Hallelujah. Keep us safe, honey. Another pair of shoes, I want more. <laughs> and then there's sometimes they mention it, they don't have to say a thing. Why is that? Because you're in proximity. You're in proximity. And the closer I get with my wife, I mean, there's moments where we pray and there's very little said in the spirit of God and we just know. There, there's been times where my wife, and I'll, I'll tell you this, I'll be a little bit uh, transparent here. There's been times where my wife would just open up my cell phone just to see my text because she can sense a distance. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I'm too involved with this. Maybe I'm. And there's been times where she's been right. Why? Because there's proximity. The reason many of us don't hear God is because you're not close enough to hear him. How do you get close enough? Read his word every day. Pray every day. Share about him. 
people always joke. It's like, oh, every time you come, you're always talking about your wife. You know why? Because the more I speak about her, the more I love her. I'm not making things up either because she's hot. She's hot. She is Barbie. Hallelujah. And she married Big Ben. She thought she got Ken, but it actually said Ben on the box. And real small said big. I'm so grateful to God. And the more I talk about it, the more I celebrate, the more I declare it, and the more, the closer I get. And then I can't wait to hear what she has to say. It's the same way with God. And then you make that decision. You're like, yes, yes. And then you can help others because you know what God's word says so you can direct them. No, that isn't how you spend money. No, that isn't how you're involved relationally. No, that isn't how you serve. This isn't what it says about church. This is what God's word says about fear. This isn't what God's word says about this. This is how we go. This is what the end times look like. This is what the scripture says concerning when you have a peace. And the scripture says it this way in Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, here's what scripture says. Pray about everything. Be anxious about nothing. Actually, in the Greek, it says, don't be anxious about COVID-19. It, it really doesn't. I thought COVID-19 meant 19 pounds. <laughs> That's what I thought. No, it doesn't. Don't be anxious about anything. Listen, it, it, if you think this is crazy, wait till Jesus comes back. You won't talk about out of control. That's why you got to share the gospel with all your friends so you're not crying over them when you get to heaven. It says he'll wipe away your tears. Don't go biblical on me because I'm going to get you. Because a lot of people are like, oh, there's no tears. And no, it says he wipes away all your tears. And I think the first few half days is you crying over the fact you didn't share with the people that are going to be lost, separated from God that you could have shared with. That's why we got to share now. That's why we got to be obedient. You hear it? And then there's some things you don't even have to pray about. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, listen to this, will guard your hearts and guard your minds. Hearts and minds, because you're like, man, I just don't know. I just don't. It'll guard your mind. It'll guard your passion. It'll guard your emotion. It'll guard your intellect in Christ Jesus. But you just got to listen. You just got to listen. Be willing to hear. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. We just give this moment of invitation. Would you just listen? Would you just take a moment and listen? And maybe the reason you're not hearing is because You're not reading God's word. You're not praying. You're not doing what you already know to do. You're not evangelizing. You're not serving. You're not tithing. You're not giving the best that you can. You're not praying over your kids. Things that God's word's already said do. He's not going to give more instruction clearly until you do what he's already said. You start there and then you can listen to the deeper and the richer, more rich and the greater things of God. And just as a testimony, because I love declaring statements of yes If you just surrender and just simply say, I'm going to, by God's grace, take some of these steps to hear you clear, Holy Spirit of God. Would you just slip your hand up and you can put it right back down? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What's he saying right now? He's already told you several things. Start with those. Start with those. Let me pray for you. And we'll close these moments. Lord Jesus. I know what your word tells us. 
It tells us in the book of John 16 and verse 24, ask anything in my name and it'll be done for you. John 14, 14 says something very similar. Ask anything in my name, it'll be done for you. Until now, John 16, 24 goes on and says, until now you're not asking anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be made complete. We're asking right now for a clearer understanding of your voice by first obeying what you've already said and going to the next level so we can give clear answers to a world that's lost, to a world that's in a whirlwind of wondering and desiring answers, that we can be a stable presence in an insecure society so that they can hear the gospel and know you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're speaking to us just as clearly as you spoke to Noah, given all of the specificity. Thank you for speaking to us through your word and through the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us obey it. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're in agreement with this word and what God's word says, put your hands together and celebrate the truth of it. Amen. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the word of God. We upload weekly. So join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.